Welcome to the Biblical Plotlines podcast, where we are taking a look at the theme of the wilderness that runs throughout the Bible. And right at the beginning of the book of Genesis, after God creates the heavens and the earth, there's this strange verse where it says that the earth was formless and void or desolate. It was empty. You have this idea of an unformed creation where nothing has happened to it yet. It's this image of a wilderness-like place where the land is barren and uninhabitable. But out of that wilderness, of this pre-creation, God begins to bring new life and abundance into the world. And at the center of it all, God makes a garden where it is completely the opposite of a wilderness, being a place that is flourishing with plants and trees that bear fruit to eat, and it has everything needed for life to grow. But you get this idea that actually the rest of the world is still a wilderness. So God tells Adam and Eve that their job is to now cultivate the garden. He wants them to keep going with what God has started. The idea is that God wants the garden to spread out so that it begins to overtake the wilderness that is outside of it until the whole world is finally subdued. There's no more empty wilderness, but all of creation will be this garden place. So when Adam and Eve disobey God and they eat of the fruit from the tree, which God had said, if they eat of this fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they would die. But Adam and Eve don't die after they disobey. Instead, they're banished. They're exiled out of the garden and into the wilderness, the place of death. If you've ever wondered why God said that they would die the day they ate of that fruit, but then didn't die right away, well, what we come to see throughout the Bible is that the wilderness means death. So the wilderness becomes this place of exile. It's the place of being away from God's presence and the abundant life in that land that God has for his people. So the divine curse that they receive is having to go into the wilderness. That becomes this picture for what happens throughout the rest of the Bible. So later on, we see that God chooses Abraham to be the one through whom God's deliverance of humanity from that wilderness would finally come, as he promises that his descendants will inherit a land of abundance and fruitfulness. It will be like a re-entrance into that garden that the humans had got kicked out of. So later on, when the descendants of Abraham, the, the children of Israel, get delivered from Egypt, they wander through the wilderness and they face testing, except they fail their test, just like Adam and Eve had. And they have to stay in the wilderness because of their disobedience. They don't get to go into the promised land. But the next generation, they do obey God, they trust God, and they get to leave the wilderness and go into that promised land. It's a, a new garden of abundance and life. As they say, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's a picture of a new Eden. But before they go into the land, Moses tells them the commands of the covenant. And he says, you need to obey 
this covenant. And if you do, you'll receive the blessings of the covenant, which is life. But if you fail, you'll receive the curses of the covenant, which is death. And he says that these commands I'm setting before you are life and death. These were the same things that were said to Adam and Eve. They either ate from the tree leading to life or their disobedience would lead to death. But Moses says that Israel's disobedience that leads to death will actually be their exile from the land. They'll get kicked out of the promised land and sent back into the wilderness, which means death for them, just like it did for Adam and Eve. We then see the wilderness playing an important role when it comes to Israel's sacrificial system, because on the Day of Atonement, which was the most important sacrifice for the people of Israel. It only happened once a year, and it was just to cover all the sins for the people of Israel from throughout that year, to bring one full cleansing for the people of Israel. But unlike the other sacrifices, this one involved two goats. One of the goats got sacrificed as usual, and its blood was sprinkled in the temple, to bring cleansing and purification from the defilement of the people's sins. But the other goat, which is usually translated the scapegoat, this is actually the animal that had the sins of the people placed on him, not on the goat that is sacrificed. And the priest would put his hands on the goat's head and he'd confess the sins of the people so that this goat bears the sins of all of Israel. And then this goat that has the sins transferred onto it doesn't die, but instead is sent outside of the land. It goes into exile in the wilderness. It's the substitute for the people because they are like Adam and Eve. They deserve to be exiled out of the land for their sin, but the goat goes into the wilderness on their behalf carrying their sins with him. And the punishment for sin is death, so the goat is sent into that place of death, which is the wilderness. And this happens so that the people of Israel don't have to get kicked out of the land like Adam and Eve did, because their sins are now gone from the land. And later on in Israel's history, we see that their unfaithfulness to the covenant has finally become too much and their time for exile has come and they are carried out of the land. First the northern tribe by the Assyrians and then the southern tribe by the Babylonians. They go into the wilderness. God says in Isaiah that Jerusalem will be a wilderness when they go into exile. So Israel's disobedience gets them sent out of the promised land of abundance and life and they are sent into the wilderness where they face the curse of the covenant, which is death. And the cycle of Adam and Eve continues, where there seems to be no hope of humanity breaking the cycle of this sinful human nature, of being kicked out of God's presence in the land and sent into the wilderness. Until we finally come to Jesus, where we see that God's plan of redeeming mankind from their cycle of sin and failure has now arrived. And the first thing that Jesus does 
when he's baptized and he begins his ministry is he goes straight into the wilderness. And as Jesus goes into the wilderness that's marked as the place of exile and death, it's there that he faces his testing of trial and temptation to see if he will follow in the long line of human failure from Adam to Israel when faced with these same temptations, except Jesus will finally break that cycle. And as he's in the wilderness, he's taking on himself what Israel was meant to do. He's becoming the person who remains faithful and obedient when faced with trial and temptation. But he's also proving himself to be a new Adam as well. As Adam was tempted by the serpent, so Jesus faces off against the tempter himself. But this time he resists his voice and he obeys God's voice as he quotes scripture. When Adam and then Israel disobeyed God's word, they were sent into the wilderness where they faced death. But now Jesus as the obedient one, the, the new human, he succeeds in his faithfulness to God where all humanity has failed. And he becomes the way for mankind to enter back into God's presence. And when the time came where Jesus was rejected by the leaders and the authorities in Jerusalem, he was sentenced to death. And when this happened, Jesus understood that he was taking upon himself the sins of the people, like the scapegoat on the Day of Atonement. The sins of the people were now transferred on to Jesus as he's sent outside of the city to be crucified, the place of exile in the wilderness, where there he takes the death and the curse of humanity upon himself. But as Jesus is resurrected from the dead, he becomes the start of the new creation, that new Eden, what God wanted for the whole world with Adam and Eve but was lost has now begun in Jesus as he has made a way out of that wilderness for all of humanity. And when we come to the book of Revelation, John describes the city of Babylon, this superpower of the world, as the anti-city of God. And God brings destruction and judgment on Babylon. And it says that Babylon is made desolate. It's the similar word from Genesis, where the world was formless and void or desolate. And so creation is brought back into this pre-creation state of being a wilderness. And just like in Genesis, when out of the wilderness, God creates abundance and life of the garden, now Babylon is destroyed and God brings out of it the new creation where the age of eternal life, where God's presence now fills the earth as the new Eden begins. And God's faithful people are brought back into that garden, the new heaven and earth. But also throughout the Bible, there's this strange way that the wilderness becomes reversed for the people of God. As God creates little signs of life and Eden when they are in the wilderness. So we see this when Israel leaves Egypt and they're wandering the wilderness. But God provides abundance of water and food. It's this little sign of Eden as they wander through the wilderness. We see as David is exiled from the land and 
running for his life from Saul, God preserves him when he's in the wilderness. We see it with Elijah as he goes into the wilderness running for his life, but God provides life for him. He brings him food and water while he's in the wilderness. We even see this in the ministry of Jesus where there's large crowds gathered around him to listen to his teaching and they're out in the wilderness and there's no food to eat. And it's there that Jesus multiplies the bread and the fish and he creates this abundance of food for everyone to eat in a place where there is no food. He's creating a little Eden there in the wilderness. So we see this reversal happening throughout the Bible where the corrupt people look like they live in the place of abundance and life, but actually that is the wilderness. And God's faithful people are pushed out into that wilderness because they don't submit to the rulers of the world. But because God is with them wherever they go, he transforms that wilderness into a small Eden for them where they are sustained and find life and abundance because of God. So that is the theme of the wilderness that runs throughout the Bible that we see from beginning to end.